26. Welcome to Vino 101. I'm Bill. Hello, everybody. It's Al. We're back. Um, what happened here, Bill? The, uh, the election's over. Uh, we yeah. got a new administration in. <coughs> just, just go ahead and bust off with that um, political stuff right off the bat. Um, we have a statement from President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen. I hope I said her name properly. But um, basically, uh, she, she sent out a, a post yesterday, that will be March 5th. She says, I was glad to speak with President Biden this afternoon. First of many exchanges and the start of a good personal really partnership. As a symbol of this fresh start, President Biden and I agreed to suspend all our tariffs imposed in the context of the Airbus Boeing disputes, both on aircraft and non-aircraft products for an initial period of four months. What does that mean for us? Uh, it means um, people that are in business are going to get a huge break on uh, food, items, wine, uh, scotch, a lot of luxury items. Uh, it's a refreshing change. And Bill, this is what happens when you have a seasoned diplomat running the show. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't know. Well, I, what I, you know, so I think, you know, so definitely these goods are going to, the cost of these goods are going to change. But, you know, the, um, I wonder as we continue to print money, what will happen with regard to inflationary pressures? And well, you know, will the prices, will the prices actually change as inflation increases? I don't know. Well, I hope so. I, I liken it to, well, it's it's how much, it, it's really a, a function of how much market share you want. Obviously, producers are really hurting. So now is an excellent opportunity if you're over in Europe and you want to carve out a, a good section of the market. Um, you just sell your stuff at just barely above cost. And that's what we're looking at in this bottle. Can you see that? Yeah. Okay. Now I've pimped this producer a thousand times. <laughs> it's St. Combs Cote de Rhone. It's their 2019. But to make my point, it's delicious. this wine is available. You can get this bottle for 11 bucks. Okay. Yeah. I wonder what. Actually less than 11 bucks at Costco. Now, Costco is a low-price leader in, in wines, quality wines, right? Mm -hmm. However, it's interesting to know that when I went through, I went and I looked through, because I carry some older vintages of this, and I looked and I looked back. I've got vintages back to like 2015, 2016, and they cost more back then than this wine costs now. And the reason for that is they're selling this wine at a loss almost, I think, because they're trying to carve out market share. Uh, hmm. now, I wonder, or was it another like... Another interesting thing about this wine is yeah. they, they're selling it at that low cost, but I don't think you're going to find a wine from this area of this quality at this price point. You're just yeah. not. It's, it's fantastic bottle of wine. And uh, so... My, my, my big point is that there are going to be producers that are going to 
consciously say, I'm going to friggin' carve out a nice piece of the market for me. I'm going to take advantage of this break and I'm not going to take the profit. I'm going to get market share. That's for sure. So, um, it's, uh, this wine, this, this wine, this, this wine is, I mean, come on, it's $11, man. That's what the tariffs You know, I wonder if the, I wonder if the cost, the, the reason that it cost more in 2015 or, or earlier was due to transportation costs. Mm. Oil prices were much higher. It could um, be. I mean, I'm trying to think five years ago. Yep. Oil you know, prices were ago, higher. A good Cote d'Iron probably cost, I don't know, 14, 15 bucks. You know, now you can, you could really good Cote d'Iron is between 15 and 20. I mean, uh, it's just, it depends. Here's another bottle. This is, um, been drinking a lot of Codrone. This is uh, Monterius. This is an organic producer. But this was 15 bucks. And it's from 2015. So, I mean, it's an excellent wine, but why is it still hanging around in 2015? The Codrone's um, from uh, St. Combe is 2019. So, obviously, they've had a hard time moving these bottles. I don't know where it came from. But, I mean, you can see it's thrown a little sediment. See that? Yeah. So, it's near the... It's 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 really actually peaked, and it's not going to improve anymore. But it's a damn good. It's drink. still drinkable. It's a really good drink for fifty yeah. for fifteen bucks. Yeah. I mean, I would buy I would buy some more. It's, it's really good. Well, the other thing about these wines too, if you know about them and they're that great value, you know, and you know, you know, nice to be able to, you know, very affordable one, and then two. You know, great way to help people understand, you know, different types of wine. Um, you know, people always say, ooh, French wine, so nice. You're like, yeah. so fancy. And you're like, yeah, nice and fancy at $11 a bottle. <laughs> la, la. Yeah, exactly. What wine store did you go to? Le Costco. Le Costco. Uh, yeah, it's pretty... Uh... It's pretty amazing, but Costco is, uh, you know, we talked about this before, Costco, I don't know how they come up with some of these values, but obviously, obviously it's about the people that make these deals with Costco, you know, it, it's it's about getting their product in the face of consumers and getting market share. I mean, I it's mean, as simple as that. Why, yeah, and, you know, no better place if you've got the volume. Yeah. You know, and you're probably, you know, you're shipping a lot of it too, and if you ship in bulk, you know, as we know, the, um, you know, a lot of economies of scale, as they would say. So you could save a lot of money because you, you know, pack containers full of this stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. The one interesting thing about the difference between these two is it really emphasizes that wine is a living, um, living thing because the Cote de Rhone is it's super fresh. It's grapey. It's very fruity. Yep. I mean, it's got really, really good structure. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong. It's got you know more than adequate uh, tannins and good acidity. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a dynamite bottle. Yeah. But the materials, you can see that. You know, you can tell that the window that it's showing right now, the fruit is kind of is is falling off, and I call it like uh, the. Uh, I guess the term would be like baby fat. So it's a little lean. It's a little leaner, less fruit. 
um, the tannins are starting to take the place of some of the fruit. And so it has a totally different uh, profile. Um, it's not as bright um, as the Cote de, uh, as the um, Saint Combe. So it's it's a it's almost like uh, it's it's not breaking, which is turning red. Because what happens with red wines is as they age, um, they lose their their brightness and they become a little bit duller. So you can see that happening with this wine. But it's a delicious drink, man. Really, so what do you really think? What do you think with these tariffs? Do you think we're going to see, you know, reduction in prices? I think that would be expected. You know, over these four, uh, two to four, what are they, two to four months? What are they it's going to be four months, and then they're going to figure out what to do during those four months. I think probably um, they just installed um, a new director over here in the U.S., and uh, I, I can't remember the title of that person, but... Um, that person is uh, still has not been confirmed, actually. So um, once once they're confirmed, it looks like it's going to go through. There won't be a big thing. But once once uh, it's a she, once she's confirmed, they'll um, they'll start looking at this. But the way these tariffs are uh, laddered is they put them together, they roll out a policy, and it's good for six months, and then they look at it again six months later. So once. Uh, once she's confirmed, I'm sure she's looking at it right now. Like a trade rep or something? Trade representative? Trade representative or something? Yeah, yeah. She's, her name is, um, God, her name escapes me. It's um, uh, Catherine uh, Todd. Uh, she's the trade representative that's talking about it. I don't know if she's the one that's up for office. But, I see. So it's, it's going to, I think what's going to happen is, I think these this drop in tariffs is going to be similar to what happens in the oil business. Okay, so, you know, you got oil at $40 a barrel, and then, you know, it shoots up, and then, you know, a week later, it's $60 a barrel. And then you look, and it's like, God, I was buying gas for 3 bucks, and now it's like three fifty, you know, a gallon of oil. And you're like, wow, what happened? Well, when the price for the barrel of oil goes back down to 40 or 35 or whatever, you don't notice that quick drop in price and i think that's probably what's going to happen with the wines we're not going to see a big quick reduction it's going to be a more gradual thing and but it's definitely going to happen because this is going to this is going to ease um a lot of pain for the distributors because the way that it was working was uh the way that it worked just recently because they just raise the tariffs again if you had stuff on the water you don't pay for your you don't pay your tax till it arrives yeah, yeah you got to pay on, on on the dock on the dock yep yeah so you could order something um six months ahead and then it gets shipped a couple months later and it's on the water the government changes their mind changes the policy and you know you could be looking at thousands and thousands of dollars more to pay that you haven't factored in when you actually put your order in initially. And that's what's happened to a lot of the wholesalers. They just got crushed. Yeah. And uh, some of them, you know, they want to keep their market share, so they ate a lot of it. And uh, so I think there's going to be some profit taking, obviously. And, um, you know, I mean, things go up and uh, very rarely do they go all the way back down the way they you know. I mean, that's just the way the world is. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> 
Got to have a little inflation, my friend. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, we're printing a lot of money, so you know, I've been reading a lot in the in the in the press about inflationary pressures. So we'll see how that goes. And oil, well, you, you know, with you, man. Yeah. Well, you might as well print more. Well, you know, modern money theory is we have we since we own the reserve credit the currency, we have the credit card. We can just print. We make the money anyway. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, you know, oil's back up, right? I mean, it's it's heading up to 70, you know, and it, it you know, $100 a barrel, it starts to get kind of dicey. Um, well, yeah, you see, I mean, have you bought, I mean, my little, uh, my little beat runner car that I run to, to work every, uh, every day, uh, I mean, I think I put $30 worth of gas in it. I mean, I was like, Wow, it's been a long time since I've been able to do that. Yeah, I, you know, it's definitely gone up. Yeah, I haven't filled up. You know, it's funny. I just not, I'm not driving. Like, I, yeah, you're, any, what, what do you need to fill up for? Yeah, I, go to the grocery store. Go to the go to Bottle Barn. <laughs> go to a brewery. We can go back to breweries now. So you know, or I haven't I haven't been to a winery in a while. So maybe maybe. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow, but um, yeah. Well, what's that one? You see this? Sona. I can't see the entire label. The just it's cut off. The okay. Sona Taller. Sona Taller. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Sona Taller. Sona Taller. It's from uh, a cooperative up north, northern Italy. Um, it's I was like, that almost sounds like a German name. There. It's got a couple of different names on there. The top one it says Vernache Alto Reben. And what that means is uh, the grape is Grenache and it's old vines. Alta Raven is, uh, is uh, old vines. My, my um, German is not very good. And then it says uh, Schiava. My Italian is much better. Um, Schiava. And Schiava and Grenache are the same thing. This wine is from um, uh, the, the Sutero or Alto, Alto Adige. Yes. And, uh, Beautiful uh, part of the. And what it is is. This this region is the the Germans and the Italians have been um, they've been fighting over it for for centuries, and <laughs> so they're done fighting. So now they just live together. <laughs> I so, you know it's funny because you said it was from northern Italy, and I'm like Sonataler. That sounds like a German name. <laughs> Alter Raven. What? That's German. Yeah. Okay. So, so that makes sense is, now. I don't know if you- You've ever been there, but I have you know, been there. in order to make everyone happy, everything is labeled with the German name and an Italian name. <laughs> Everybody's happy. <laughs> but this is a wine I picked up not too recently. Um, it's a 2018, and uh, the grape is Schiava. And uh, Schiava, um, the name in German is uh, actually uh, Trollinger. So um, it's uh, it's got a bunch of different names. I, could, I can't think of all the names but it's a really light body wine here's some i've got in the glass can you see that yeah yeah versus versus uh here it is versus yep. uh, the cote de Rhone. wow so um you know this is one of the things that i love to do is vernatosh um, is another name yeah yes yes correct yeah i've never I heard love, of this grape interesting i love to um well, and, it, and, it, and the and the book of knowledge Wikipedia says it's a German Italian wine grape. <laughs> there we go. We've well, all adjusted. 
it's 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 a it's a cross. I think it's crossed. I didn't I didn't read all the stuff, but I believe it's a cross between Riesling and Kerner. I see. So and in Württemberg is another town in um, Germany that they say that that this is that the uh, that this is grown. I bet you could get some good beer there in Württemberg. Oh yeah, Württemberg. Württemberg. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't want to get you started on the beer, man. You're, you're, I, I can see you've got lager on your, on your mind right now. Yeah, I made lager. It came out okay. <laughs> so right. well, I got to try that. Can I? Am I, is, am I, am I on the? Um, oh yeah, the I'll get, I'll give you some. You know what? Uh, yeah, um, I, there's some fines in the bottle, and we had an issue when we we're bottling, so there's a little bit of fines. However, before that happened, I named the lager after my nephew who is notorious for whatever he is drinking of leaving like a little bit mm. in the bottle or the glass or whatever. Yeah. So I'd already planned to call it lever lager and now there's fines in it. So when you pour it, you have to leave some in the bottle. You have to leave a little bit. Yeah. Um, How awesome is that? that? She always leaves a little bit in yeah, whatever just, it is. Yeah. You well, we, well, we always have those friends that were like that, right? Yeah. You know, you're after the party, you're cleaning up. You're like, what the hell? You know, and then there's always, yeah, and there's always the clowns that like, you know, open a, you know, open something and there's like, you know, three quarters of it left. You're like, you're not invited next time. Yeah, yeah. That's a definite faux pas. Party party foul. Yes, faux pas. (laughs) Um, All right. So you can can see from the light color of this wine. That's really surprising because, you know, Cote de de Rhone isn't known as, as you said earlier, you know, as this like really robust bodied wine. Right. You know, and its structure from what I remember of what I've drank is similar. It's not like this super, you know, super structured wine. Um, you know, it still has all the relevant body and stuff, but I always remember it being a, a less than full bodied wine. And then that, the, um, Trollinger that you're showing there. Wow. That's, um, wow. I mean, it looks like, uh, it almost looks like, uh, I mean, you could mistake it for like a Beaujolais, except maybe Beaujolais might be a little bit darker. But it's it's a light body wine, and it definitely has a light red fruit profile. So I mean, you get the when you're trying it, you know, you get that that bright red cherry. Um, I almost even get like a, a, a like watermelon notes out of it. Really? It's and it and it huh. makes you um, it makes your mouth water. I mean, it's it's really really it's really it's good wine. Really good. Where did you one get that one? About it is it last a long time? Because you know what I do, Bill. You know I'm the open a bottle, pour half of it into another. So I have these wines when I'm trying them. I'm usually trying them over three or four days, easily, sometimes a week, and it's a good way to tell, you know, how uh, you know if a wine's going to last for a while. You know what what what. We can always tell how well made the wine is if you do that. So, so I'm told, and so I'm told by a. A couple of pros. Yeah, so it's uh, but anyway, this is this this uh, Sontaler uh, by Kurtach. It's uh, it's made at a um, uh, the canteen is called Kurtach, K-U-R-T-A-T-S-C-H, and um, like I said, it's really light body. Um, it's a nice break from drinking the heavy reds that have the wood. I mean, because this is just done. This is done uh, sans wood. I mean, there, there's no wood here. It's all just beautiful red fruit. Hmm. So, really, really and, it, nice. and where did you get that that lovely bottle? Uh, this bottle I got from the bottle bar. Hmm. 
Yeah, I got this one from the barn. I hadn't been to the barn for a while. Actually, I haven't been anywhere to buy any wine for a while. Yeah. But um, were you just trolling through the bottle barn and found that it looked interesting, or did yeah, you did yeah. you know about it? No, I was just trolling through. And my thing is, I try not to. Uh, when I go to the barn, I usually I'll buy, you know, usually I'll buy like a six pack or more, and I'll buy two wines that I know. And then something you don't. The other four are wines that I know nothing. You know, you don't that's know. how I learn. It's just by drinking things I've never haven't tried. Yeah, that's a tip so, for I, all I our. I recommend that to everybody. Yeah, I was just that's saying that's a tip for all our listeners, right? It's yeah, you, yeah. you know, if you really so the first thing to know about if you want to know about wine, as Al would say, you got to do the the hard work. You have to try it, and and the idea of, um, you know, I I'm I'm certainly don't. In, I like wine, but I don't enjoy drinking a bottle at a sitting um, yeah. and and putting it in different containers and trying it over a course of a couple of days and trying a different trying a couple of them. So you have a couple gla- a, a couple glasses every night or every day, potentially of different wines yep. and really well start to learn um, how things uh, You'll start to learn the language of how people talk about wine, but more importantly, you'll learn fast what you like, and and, and you can kind of go from there. Um, and the shopping thing's an interesting thing to talk about too. You know that whole thing of going in and going, "Hey, I'm going to go get two bottles of this because I know I like it, but I'm going to go buy four more of things that I don't know." And if you have a good wine retailer, you can go into them and say, "Hey, I like these wines. What yep. do you recommend?" Um, and that's a really superb way to learn. Anyway, that's your little Vino 101 education for today. Yeah, that, I mean, that's really true. And, and the thing about, like I said, I usually have three or four different little uh, bottles and things kind of hanging out. And you can try them side by side, that contrast and compare. Things. Super important. Because, I mean, you try that, you try that uh, Sontaler, you know, next to the, you know, the young Cote de Rhone, and you can really see the differences in the grape varieties now they are. Yeah. And the, the contrast. And everything. Yeah, the contrast. You could put these wines side by side. You could pour all of these wines that I have. I got like four of them now. You can pour them in a glass and you can put them on a table. And I can tell you what they are just by looking at the color. The color is a dead giveaway of what they are. So that's cool. I got one more thing to share as far as wine, Bill. All right. Yeah. So is that it, cool or what? Yeah, Sterling. Sterling Vineyards is that U.S. produce? Uh, obviously U.S. producer, but from where? Yes, it's Sterling Vineyards Chardonnay, California Chardonnay. That's perfect. Th- those that those those containers are perfect for that. Uh, all aluminum container. Fabulous. Hey, hey uh, portable. You know, I'm going to share. I'm going to share something with everybody. I had this, uh, you know, just on a lark because the container is cool looking. Yeah. Plus, a, plus it looks like silver bullet. I mean, you can reuse it, right? I mean, it, it's a, it's, it's aluminum, and it's a three seventy five, so it's half a bottle. It's California Chardonnay. It doesn't have a vintage date on it, okay? That's and it also doesn't. All it says on the back is it's got all the Surgeon General stuff. You know, women shouldn't drink it. Blah blah blah. If you're pregnant, all of that, and then. It has Sterling Vineyards, and it's got the little label, the little scan thing, whatever you call that, forget what you call it. And then it says, Vented and Bottled by Sterling Vineyards, Modesto, California. Okay? So, you think, 
you see this, you go, Sterling Vineyard. Oh, I know Sterling Vineyard. Yeah, they're up in Napa Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calistoga. Yeah. <laughs> this has never been anywhere near Calistoga. <laughs> Not at all. But I'll tell you this. It's true to type. It tastes like Chardonnay. I, it tastes like Chardonnay that has not seen any wood. Um, it's clean. Uh, it's got apples. It's got that lemon. I mean, it tastes like Chardonnay. I ran this up against a $45 bottle of Chardonnay from a very prestigious producer in Sonoma County. I blind tasted them side by side, and People it's pretty friggin' close, dude. Interesting. So they're the guys that have the uh, gondola. Yes, they in got Napa. Rides up to the hill. I just, yeah. yeah, I just looked at the looked them up, and I'm like, oh yeah. Um, my, my, that, my point is the juice in that thing is nowhere. Not from Napa. <laughs> it's not from Napa. It's nowhere near from Napa. I don't nope. think. Probably not. Maybe no some way. of it. I don't know. Maybe but we don't know. My my point is that it's pretty darn close to like a forty five bottle, forty five dollar bottle of prestigious Sonoma County, Alexander Valley Chardonnay. And it cost $2. Whoa, where? At $2. Bottle Barn too? So is that a, gl- uh, what, 500 milliliters in there? No, it's 375, it's half a bottle. All right. Two bucks. Wow. <laughs> Come on, man. Wow. So it's $4 a bottle. At the Bottle and Barn? It ran up and held its own against a $45 bottle of wine. Not toot my own horn, but I know what Chardonnay tastes like, dude. Yeah, this well, is, yeah. Is, this is ridiculously, a ridiculously good value. If you're out, you're going down, you're going to be on the canoe, you're going outside, you want a nice little drink of Chardonnay, you put a couple of these in your backpack, you're good to go, man. It's light. It's unbelievable. Wow. Two bucks. Not on their website. Yeah. So uh, anyway, did uh, Bottle Barn too? No, Trader Joe's, dude. Uh, oh, that Trader makes sense. Joe's. So wow. I don't know. But it's got uh, the Sterling. It's 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 labeled Sterling. That's fascinating. Yeah. Sterling Vineyards established 1964. Yeah. So it's uh, obviously it's pretty decent juice. I mean, it's not. It's it's good juice. It, and what what this shows is that you know. I think, what, six or seven years ago, we did a podcast on alternative packaging. Yeah, we did. Yep. And, uh, you know. There, there was, there was, there was one. It's not available six years ago. Yeah, there was like one that we tried that we, that we said we might, you know, even try again from that thing. Yeah. Now, the, the reason I bring this up to everyone is that it's patently obvious to me after trying this, that the wine industry has hit hard times. Because what we're starting to see is you're starting to see really good wine at super competitive prices. prices yeah. Not only is the price of the wine going down, but the quality is going up. Yeah. Because what's I, happening is people are, they can't sell this higher price wine. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, how much wine was sold in restaurants? Yeah. And that's just gone. And, you know, if you're a small producer, you know, from what I've what I've observed since I've lived in Sonoma County, we've been doing this, a large part of your book of business is 
you know, selling through Psalms or, you know, and in restaurants. And that just, that just evaporated like overnight for these people. And so that, you know, that puts price pressure, as you're saying, on the wineries. I do wonder what will happen now with the fires. Um, you know, I know plenty of winemakers. They're just not even making wine. This, you know, they'd made no wine. Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't make wine last year because of the fire. There was yep. a lot of wine that wasn't made. I don't, I don't see that trend continuing. I mean, people are gonna, people are gonna make wine. Plus, everything's opening up. I mean, yeah. maybe we're not opening up fully here in, in California, but I mean, the mayor of San Francisco just said, yeah, hey, you know, you can dine inside at twenty-five percent capacity. And, you know, if your waiter comes over, put your mask on. If you go to the bathroom, put your mask on. But, you know, she's like, we got to open it up. Yeah. Well, you know, we have Texas. And the, and the governor of Texas is yeah. like, yep. hey, it's all good. Open everything up. You don't even have to wear a mask. So, I was in Florida two weeks ago. And so, first of all, their whole approach to the virus is different. Yeah. yeah it's just different. Probably. You know, they, you know, didn't see a lot of old people out. There were clearly... Well, I, you know, the word is if you're old, you know, we're going to stay inside. They were all, you know, masked up, gloved up. There were clearly times where they had dedicated shopping for those people. Um, and so they're, you know, and a lot of, you know, Florida and I was in a place in Florida, the weather's nice. So, you know, a lot of people are outside a lot of the time and, you know, that whole social distance and being outside from what we understand right now is that it. You know, it's hard for the virus to live in that environment. Absolutely. Um, and, and so that, you know, w- with Texas opening up, and Texas is a big wine state, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of high-end wine that goes through Dallas and Houston. And um, with Florida, I assume it's probably going to follow in the not-too-distant future. You know, things should start to look pretty, you know, much better for these, um, you know, for these retail food service businesses. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to go off the rails. I think Florida is different than Texas. You know, obviously Texas. No, 100%. Yeah, I mean, Texas, what did they have? Like just a week and a half ago, they had this. They had a meltdown with their power and water. Oh, my God. That, yeah. Throughout the state. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, what, like 30 people died, dude, because. Uh, it's bad. They didn't have heat and water, water in the house. So, I have a brother-in-law still living in a hotel. His condo. They, they're trying to fix the condo because all the pipes burst. Yeah, so I so I think um, I mean people that live where you used to live in the north they know this they know that you know when you leave your if you're gonna go leave your house if you're in Michigan or whatever and you leave your house for a week you leave your heater on at a certain level because your pipes will freeze your pipes are gonna freeze in your house and freaking you know you're gonna have a disaster yeah and you winterize you winterize all your external I wouldn't know about that oh yeah. Yeah, you winterize all your external hose bibs so they, you know, they don't burst, yeah, you know, yeah. all that stuff. So um, I think what's going on in Texas with this open everything up, you know. Could be related I, to that. I, I think that it, there's a little bit of misdirection here with the politicians. They're like, well, you know, we really screwed up here. Let's take a little off of ourselves. And, you know, we don't have to be, you know, sitting up here explaining and thinking about, you know, uh, gee, we screwed up and the power grid is is Dead. really, really Hey, let's just open everything up and everyone will be happy. And I think that's part of part that of what's be. going on, unfortunately, because obviously, I mean, I'm not a scientist, dude, but you know, the, the way to beat down the virus is to stay away from people, right? 
is and to wear a mask. Pretty much. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm no genius saying that, right, Bill? <laughs> I don't know. It's just like common sense. You know? So, I don't, you know, the idea that you Oh, wash your hands. That's another big one. What's that? Oh, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yeah. yeah. You touch a bunch of stuff and then you touch your, you know, your face, rub your eyes. Well, you just rub virus in your eyes. So it was a good idea. Well, it's like we were saying earlier, man. I don't, I think because of this, all this mask wearing, staying away from people, washing your hands, all this stuff that we're doing, this has been the best cold and flu season that ever. I could ever remember. Ever. I mean, ever, yeah, ever. Ever. I don't run across sick people at all. No. No. So, so there, there's something to be said for that. But I, I think this is uh, this thing in Texas, I think it's a run around for the politicians at the top That's to uh, to take a little heat off their uh, off of themselves. True. And it's unfortunate because I mean it doesn't make sense to open up, you know, a bar and have people, you know, in a bar inside hanging out together. That's it's asinine. Well, you know, we're going to get a good test because, uh, you know, spring. So I, I read an article yesterday that all all of these high-end restaurants are moving from New York to Miami oh, gee, because really? it's open. Carbone, which is a pretty well-known restaurant, they shut their New York facility down and they're, they're, they open in Miami. They have a three-week wait list already. They've been open for like a week or three months, some crazy thing, some crazy thing. Um, and there are other, you know, this article was from a, um, um, a paper that sensationalizes stuff to some degree, not, not that they all don't do that now, but, um, they said there's all these, they were listing all these New York restaurants that had closed and we're now looking for space in Miami. And then the other fun, the other thing we're really going to learn spring breaks hit Miami and Hey, South Padre Island, huge spring Jeez. bake destination. It's open in Texas. Yeah, spring break and uh, also uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. You know, yep. everybody's Irish, so we're gonna yeah, see. Gonna... We're gonna see if it. You know, we're <laughs> declining. Let's see what happens. Well, we know it's gonna go up. It's just a matter of how much is it gonna go up. And it really is a function of people are just really. You know, this is a terrible phrase, but people are sick and tired of being cooped up in their house. Oh yeah, I yeah. mean. It's been it's, a year, it, man. And it's not, and honestly, it's not good for our, it's not just, it's not good for people. It's not good for our society. Yeah. You know, it's definitely not we need to be out talking to each other and interacting. It's yeah. just, I mean, you can only, you know, you know, you, I can zoom all day on sales, man, but there's something to be said. It's just not the same. <laughs> this just isn't. And everything has to be so damn deliberate. You know, yeah. there's there's no more like, hey, can we jump in this conference room and like talk about something and knock out a problem? Nope, that requires prep work, recording a meeting, getting on the Zoom. I mean, yeah. it's it's stupid, but anyway. Yeah, and and I think there's going to be, you know, there, there's obviously there's going to be some people that don't go back to the office, but the, to think that, you know. People are never going to go back to the offices, and that's just a that that's a that's a fool's errand. No, I think it's that's a myth. But I think what we did learn is we can get a lot of stuff done. Um, so first of all, I think the leaders and businesses learned that they could trust their people yeah. to actually get mm -hmm. work done. I agree. Like, like I don't have to be, huh? Maybe I don't have to be sitting on these people's heads. And yeah. oh look, I set a goal and objective, and I gave them tools to get it done, and they knocked it out of the park. Maybe yeah. I should be doing more of that. But I think what will 
there will be some benefits from this. So one is is that reduction in the cost of having offices and having all of that, everybody in the office all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hybrid model will work well. Like there are times when you do need to come together and be physically located. But giving people control over that, boy, productivity goes up, employee satisfaction goes up. Um, I think that's what we're learning from a lot of this. Um, I've certainly seen that in my business. And I, I, you know, that's just going to be great. A little more control over your work life. That, wow. You know, don't have to commute hours every day. Like yeah. that's just a, that's good for everything. And really, well, it gets local for communities. Think about that. Like I, I was gone more. I, you know, I spent more time away, if you add it all up, than I did in, in my community. And now it's completely reversed. That's yep. just great. That's great for everybody. Get time yeah, to volunteer for stuff for the, for the ecosystem of this community. Yeah, well, I got time to volunteer for stuff. We have people that you know had to move for a job. Now they can move back to where they were from. I don't, I, I just think that there will be positive benefits from that. That 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 will make it will make people's lives better. Uh, maybe I'm a Pollyanna with that stuff, but um, I'm willing to go down that route. <clears throat> um, well, Bill, we don't have a whole bunch of time, but. Um, and I hope I didn't step on you. I, I definitely want to talk about our man, John Fox. It's uh, for people that have listened to our podcast for a while. It's been a while since we brought up John Fox because John's been on vacation. As my wife would say, he's been uh, at the resort. Yes, a guest of the United States government. <laughs> yes. Like in England, you're a guest of the queen. <laughs> but he's uh, he's out. Yeah. And uh, he I didn't realize he was 70. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, I didn't uh, realize that he is was that old. Well, he was. Yeah, he looked in the photo. Um, I'm looking at the photo. Yeah, you know, uh, Francis uh, Deeklespill. Yeah, uh, for the uh, uh, Berkeley side Nosh, she yeah. uh, keeps up with him because she has actually. Many. Uh, anyway, she keeps up with him. Yeah, and uh, she, she didn't supposed- get sued by the trustee, did she? <laughs> no. Sorry. <laughs> no, she didn't. Okay. Just, but, uh, just a so point of clarification. Out, he's been in jail for, he was sentenced for six and a half years, so he's getting out early. Yeah. Because I think, I don't know, could be, I don't know why he's getting out early. Well, they have the math early. in here about if you, you can, they can lower for every, I don't know, for every, there's some math in here about number of days spent. Um, Bureau of Prisons can reduce a prisoner's sentence for good behavior at a rate of 54 days per year sentenced. So if you apply that to Fox, that's 324 days off his prison term, but there's still a year unaccounted for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at the numbers. It didn't, they didn't line up for me either. I, yeah. you know, it's interesting how these, these, this, because this is white collar crime. Yes, and he's in. He's how, at the RRM Raleigh. That's the name of this place. It sounds like a country club, right? It really does. I, it I is the residential reentry management program. <laughs> I, I know, Even that? I know it, it's we're, probably we're, not like Rikers Island. I'm is sure. that a resume bullet? <laughs> May of 16 to May of 2021. Residential <laughs> reentry management program. Learning how to be a ethical executive. United States government training program. <laughs> well, it does wow. say it. At the end of one of these articles, it does say um, 
that he's getting out early and he uh, when he's released, he said he hopes to start a company and become a billionaire. Hey, only wow. in America, my friend. Yes, I love it. <laughs> I, I did my time. I learned that was a bad thing to do. Um, I, I do have to say he spent some time at Lompoc and I don't think yeah, that's it. Well, think he got transferred there, yeah. yeah I don't and think that's it's a country not a friendly club. place. I don't think it's a good place to be. And and to his credit, he did show uh, contrition. He said, I wish I could go back in time and undo all the damage I caused, but I know I can't. And he just, you know, hey, I want to serve my time in prison. When I get out, I hope uh, to pay pay back everyone. But as you mentioned, Bill, he is 70. I mean, so that's... I mean, his, his time horizon is short. Yeah. Wow. So um, more power to him. He's... He's agreed to pay $45 million in restitution to his 9,000 former customers. So let's do the math. He's 70. Man, he's got, he is going to have to be a billionaire to pay yeah. them back. Oh, I, I see. I can see your the wheel spinning on you, Bill. <laughs> I'm just, just figuring out. Type it in your calculator right yeah. now. <laughs> wow. It's not going to happen, dude. Some people are just going to have to, you know, they're not going to be made whole. It's interesting that the multiple articles reference statements made by the prosecution that he better not have hidden money. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, hmm. You think? Yeah, it does, does he, make you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think part of it also, one of the reasons that he got a light sentence was they went after these women that were selling themselves on the internet, which is, I don't even understand that. I mean, it's a really weird story. It's like, that gets you, that gets you a break. $240,000 to one young woman whose last name is Yum. Yes. Yeah. Not a joke. Um, well, uh, he met online in 14 for a hook I'm just gonna say a hookup yeah um, and then she blackmailed him for 10k a month she did doesn't say anything about his uh, wife and kids in any of these articles so I find that interesting no um, I, I think that that's probably that ship has sailed yeah but I one of the you know and, and so what I in bringing all this up what I'm really trying to say is that the um there's a backstory here around the bankruptcy because the bankruptcy trustee went after the women that were extorting him and I think prosecuted 12 of them and they were trying to recover money. That's kind of a, wow, what a, what an interest. This is going to make a fantastic movie if somebody ever makes one. Oh, they're definitely going to make a movie. If they could, I've, some of the B movies I've seen, this could definitely fit So in. highly. Well, this could be like a series. Yeah, just just the different cars that that guy drove. Well, you got I mean, all luxury I goods, know, luxury I wine. I saw him driving around the East Bay in his cars. High end you know? prostitution. I mean, what's not the what? What's what could be better for ratings? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> On that I don't note, know if I should be I don't know if I should be chuckling about bringing that up or not. But he's he's back and he's out. And um, hey, you know, he paid his time. And uh, he's done his time, and if he can, you know, open up a legitimate business, I don't think he's going to be able to open up a, a wine business because, for one, he won't be able to get a license. He's a, you know, he's 
convict. So he's not going to be able to get a license there. He's not going to be able to get a securities license. That's a that business. That's a detail. We just get somebody. You know, we just hire somebody that has all of that. Okay, you hire somebody, and then you're like a uh, consultant. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Though? Sure. Okay. Right. right. Spoken like a you can possible white collar <laughs> criminal. Bill. You... Yeah. You... I'm amazed, <laughs> amazed at what people get away with. Wow. That often yeah, leads me to think you, that you've seen some things, haven't you? Oh my god! Yeah, it's amazing, it's shockingly great. amazing. Hey, we should we should mention that Mr. Sean Carter um, did a pretty awesome deal with LVHM. Yeah, yeah, um, he did, man. Uh, what did he do, Bill? What, he what's sold going on? Fifty percent stake um, of his uh, Armand de. Bring an axe. I can never say that. Anyways, Ace of Spades uh, champagne. Yeah, it's uh, Rignac. Thank you. Retails for 250 pounds a bottle. Yeah. Um, and they made, they sold 500,000 of them in um, 19. And, so, and who did he sell to? LVHM. Louis Vuitton. Oh. Moet Hennessy, right? Yeah, that's uh if you're uh if you're going to wow, if you're going to do a deal on luxury branding, I don't know a, like who you know, wow, that's the top of the heap. Yeah, LVMH just bought um they just bought Tiffany and company. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's he sold it to the right people. Yeah. And then he did a deal with uh, with his music service and uh, payment processor Square um, this week too. So that um, you know he's been making some serious business moves. Um, definitely enriching the uh, the Jay Z empire. I I just pulled up and I looked at like some of the brands that uh, LVMH has. Yeah. I mean I don't even know some of these bands. Celine, Gucci. Uh, the watchmaker, yeah. Bugatti. Um, I mean, <laughs> Fendi. Uh, I, Fendi bag. I've purchased yeah. Fendi bags for people before. Yes, I have. They went over Dior, very well. Moi Chandon, Dom Perignon. Emilio Pucci, uh, yeah, clothing so, designer. Yeah, he's, but you know, good for him, man. That he could. Are you kidding that me? Brand yeah. That brand is, um, and, and it really is just a brand. That brand has been, um, it's made by uh, uh, Cartier. Is uh, Cartier who they, they make the um, they make the bubbly? That's where it's made. So yeah, he did a, a great job. I remember when that label first came out, or when he bought it. I want to say it was maybe like, shoot, I don't know, like ten plus years ago. It's been a while, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, here it is, right there. It began in two thousand six. So, uh, yeah, so he got into a, to give a background, uh, Jay-Z got into, you know, was doing his rap videos and he got into a thing with, um, uh, Champagne Cristal and, uh, he boycotted them and, uh, he, he, uh, picked up, uh, uh, the Ace of Spades brand and started having them in his videos and, uh, you know, it took off from there and then eventually he bought into the company and, uh, now he's selling half of it to... To a brand. Yeah, to a top luxury brand aggregator in the world. 
Yeah, I would so, argue. Uh, um, good for him, man. I mean, hey, you hey. know, he's he's not a slacker. No, he's not a slacker. He's quite the businessman. I'd you know? love to know what the dollar amount was. It's not I looked everywhere for days, but it's it's not disclosed. Did you find it? I didn't I, I, I haven't. I didn't no, I didn't find it. Um his net worth is a billion. Yeah. Not now, bad. Is that not his bad. Net worth or is that his and his wife? No, it says it it says specifically his net worth. I wonder if Beyonce, because um, she's probably makes more than him. I bet. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean we're um, talking about B here, right? <laughs> talking about Beyonce. Man. Come on. She's reaching Oprah status. <laughs> she's getting there. That's pretty serious. No. Well, hey man, the guy's There's, smart. Yeah. He's a smart businessman, and he's obviously smart at selecting a spouse also. Yeah. Not bad for a kid from Brooklyn. There we go. Just goes to show you, if you got the hustle, you can get where you need to go. He's doing that. At this point, he's doing a lot better than Dr. Dre. Yeah. Dre's got his own troubles right now. Well, that's, uh, you know, all of us could end up in that place. Yeah, it's medically right. Out, but, you know, I mean, it's nothing, nothing. Uh, it's definitely a bummer to be in the hospital, you know, um, not looking so good and being um, being in divorce court. I mean, he had an aneurysm, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's jeez, man. That's that is uh, some serious stuff there. Yeah, that's uh, that's one of those like wake up and just drop dead for no reason events. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, really you know, is. you don't wish that on anybody. No, no. Um, well, we can re- we can end on a true crime note. Let's uh, do it, Mr. John. Mine. Mr. John Gotti's wine collection is for sale. Oh, that's right. Oh, um, and his, it, it, amazing wines, including four bottles of Domaine de la Romanie Conti Grands Escherra Escherra Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, 83 bottles of Lafitte and Mouton Rothschild and an eight and a single 83 Lafitte. Yeah, they're just listing the bottles on here like, huh. Petrus. Yeah. The uh the retailer, Enoteca, I think it's called Enoteca um uh LIC. Um he, he said, yeah, I I'm completely blown away. Some of the best wines in the world. <laughs> they're a piece of living history. Can you imagine having that dumped in your lap? Hey, can you hawk this for me? Sure. Yeah, I mean, if you if you if you if you're, if you're like uh, dealing with uh, 70 and 1970, 1982 Petrus, and you know you're dealing with Lafitte and uh, Mouton Rothschild, and <laughs> I mean, jeez, it's a it's a it's it's good to be the owner of that wine shop. That's right. Um, you know, and Junior did it right. I think Junior gave him the wine. Yes, John Angelo Junior Gotti. So I, I, my favorite part of this is because this comes from the two, uh, the post. It says Scotty's wife Victoria once used a thousand dollar bottle of Burgundy in the sauce for her chicken cacciatore for a family Sunday lunch in Queens without realizing how expensive it was. Well, what do they always say if you're gonna you know if you're gonna cook with wine it you know it should be wine you're gonna drink. Cook with the good stuff. It's a damn expensive dish of ki- chicken cacciatore, but hey, you know. I wonder if he even knew. Uh, you know, I've seen, yeah, I, 
who knows? I just think it's great that his uh, his son's like, hey, what am I going to do with this stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I found these wines in his cabinet. Now. That's right. That's right. I think these wines are expensive. You know, there's somebody in the universe that knows. You know, that knows yeah, the value. Know, more, more than the value of the wine, it's like, I think these wines actually have, these wines probably present a, a certain historical value, which well, really I was, drives the, the price up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you know, if you were a high-end collector and you were looking for one of these wines, how awesome would it be if you got one of the one of them from Gotti's collection? That would, that's cool. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not they, condoning his behavior. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm just it's as you said, it's a historical thing. But, you know, I could see I could see where that would drive. It, it adds to the value of the bottle. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, no. yeah, absolutely. You know? I love that uh, they got the mugshot, you know, of him. You know, you don't see mugshots like this, dude. No, no. he is dressed in. You see that suit? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn. He well, I know he was. You know, he was always he was always well dressed. Isn't he supposed to be wearing like some prison garb or something? That was all. That was all arranged by his lawyer. He knew he was going to take that picture, and he's you know he wasn't gonna you know get some dignity there. A little respect. Let me have to take my picture. You take my picture. I'm gonna look good in my picture. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh. He's not. I, I for some reason I thought he was taller, but it looks like he's only like about five eight. Yeah, he's five eight. So he's right next to the measuring stick there. That's never a good look. I can be photoshopped out. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. So these 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 bottles of wine would be like, you know, to 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 nail my point down. They would be like having John Gotti's the last suit he wore out in public. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, or his his hat or his fedora or something, you know. I mean these these are these are these are big deals to have this stuff. So collectors, like you say, would just swoon over this stuff. So there's gonna be no problem selling these bottles. It's not about the contents and drinking them, it's about the bottle itself. And it's whole. So uh yeah, man, we did a little uh, we got a little crime. It's been a while since we did the crime thing, huh? Yeah. You know, and, and and we make light of it to some degree, but it's that's not the intent. I mean, the, there are people that were materially harmed, and that's not what we're, um, you know, you know, we're trying to make light of all of that. However, at the same time, buyer beware and all this stuff. You're buying well, it, it, futures, it, 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 wine futures, like that, that's risky. <laughs> well, in, in the case of uh, Gotti's wines, there's more than material uh, harm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, death. Yeah, murder. Yeah. Five yeah. murders. Yes, he went down for five murders. Yeah. Death was and not in, uh, including racketeering and extortion and all kinds of other stuff. Yes, he was definitely a criminal. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I was speaking more in the context of Mr. Fox. Um, oh, okay. Was, yeah. You know, a bunch of rich people losing some money over their wine. I'm not crying too much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to bust out the sympathy card there. Yeah. I understand. That's true. Hey, um... Uh, just so everybody knows, uh, big day coming up uh, this Monday is International Women's Day. Women's day. Very good, very good. Which I think is uh, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I was reading a blog post um, 
by the wine chef. And the wine chef had um, highlighted actually uh, four wineries. One was uh, Legadere. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. That's up in Alto Adige also. Um, um, Helena Lagadere, she was, um, she's uh, featured in it. Uh, Carolyn Falk of Elena Falk Winery, she's featured in it. Um, she's up north also. Uh, Ines Giovanet of uh, Castelfeder Winery, which is also up in northern Italy. And uh, Sophie Manicor of Manicor Winery, which is up north. I was reading this and I realized that I've met all of those women. <laughs> and, at a wine tasting event. Very cool. Every single one of them. And some of them like two or three times. Super cool. It's like, uh, I don't know what that means for me, Bill. Does that mean I'm like going out to... Don't, I do miss the wine tastings. Don't read into it. Okay. <laughs> I'll I tell you this, I do miss I do miss going to the, uh, uh, the tasting events and uh, trying all the wines. And hopefully we get through this COVID thing and next year we can do that. Right I know they this can. year I'm not going to be able to go to... Um, this is a weird one. They're going to actually have, or they're saying that they're going to have been Italy this year. It's going to be in June. I don't see how that's going to happen. And if it's going to happen, there's not going to be very many Americans there. I mean, it's June, would they, it's right around the corner. Yeah. Oh, they scale it back and limit participation, maybe? I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know. That. But no, hopefully next year I can make it over there, um, back back to Italy for been Italy. That would be nice. So um, International Women's Day on the uh, 8th, uh, everybody uh, looking forward to all the good things that we're going to see and, and read about. It'll be pretty cool. On that note, if uh, I think we should probably wind it down, huh? I think so. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Bill, how do they contact us? So you can hit Al up on the Twitters uh, at... Uh, twitter.com slash vino101.net um, Al's active there active participate in the Twitter sphere um, you can like us on our Facebook page you can leave a comment on our blog you can email us at vino101.net and if you like what you hear subscribe to our podcast at iTunes uh, if you like what you hear tell a friend thanks for listening thanks everybody cheers cheers cheers